3: I hate to break the fishing news after i but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey.
4: Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast.
3: We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might it, want to mark that down. Yeah. Yep. All of my
1: projects are on schedule until they're not.
4: A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts.
1: About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 293
0: of the Real Life Podcast. Welcome. I'm Tyler Ramchuk, Bag Milk, Jay Chalmers. Everyone but Wanye is here. He's out being a dad today. Uh, this podcast is presented by the HGA Group, Next Generation of Business Services. They are here to help bring your business to the next level. When your business brings you challenges, they offer solutions. That's what HGA can do for you. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, speaking of big business moves, uh, we finally got uh, we finally got the announcement of what we were holding in for a while, Jay.
3: Yeah, we finally got to share it. it uh, we've been sitting on that one for a couple weeks.
0: It's been in the weeks. For a while, weeks. yeah. It's at been in the works for
3: probably, well, the minute he made that announcement that he was leaving DSN, uh, we started talking. So that's probably, what, six, seven weeks?
4: Yeah, it was like right at the beginning of the playoffs Right, Like yeah.
0: Because yeah. it was during yeah. round one of the playoffs, yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, from, from the daily face-off slash nation network perspective, that was like the number one free agent
3: suddenly hitting market, right? That was, that was top top of the board, top of the trade board, as uh, Frank yeah. would probably say.
4: Created a, u- a unique opportunity also. It's just like, it's not very often a guy like Frank Saravale comes around, you know?
3: Well, that, that's the whole thing, right? Like it's the timing of everything was interesting. So we're, we're working on, you know, building out the whole kind of, uh, League wide 360 NHL content play off of the back of daily faceoff. And this is something HGA is actually helping us build, which is awesome. Uh, and, you know, it's, it was like Bagmelk and I have been constantly just like trying to build a, a, a content team list for DFO. And we just keep putting names down, like beating our heads about, like, well, who are we going to approach? How are we going to approach them? Because we want to really build out a pro team of content. Well, then Frank becomes a free agent. Uh, So I really reach out to him because I wanted to talk to him anyways. Uh, And, you know, I just kind of sold him on the vision uh, of what it is we're trying to do a daily face off and wanted to kind of present the opportunity and kind of where we would see him play a role. And he really, he really bought into it. He wants to, you know, he's a talented guy. He He wants to help be a part of something, help build something. And that's exactly the stage that we're at. And you know strategically i think if you're going to be building a hockey content team working and partnering with the president of the professional hockey writers association is probably a very good strategic move because you know frank is frank knows everyone uh so and and he's got and he's got he's a well-known name and he's got great relationships with everyone so it's very interesting kind of the you know the level up that we've taken in our plan, uh, from when we were first kind of looking at what it was going to look like to what it's becoming now. And it's I hard want to left, I'll tell you that much. Out, oh, hard left. I also want to shout out business dad or our our partner, Chris Labossi at L2 Investments because he called me too and he's like, There's an opportunity here, we should go for it. So he really pushed, uh, pushed us to go and make this happen and supported that and if we needed further support he was there he he was there all along the way to help with the the kind of technical things when working through with frank with as things kind of come when when you bring on a someone like this all the commercial elements to it so yeah it's crazy it's crazy like if if two months ago you told me this is going to happen i would tell you you're fucking lying um but uh it's, it's kind of amazing to see the trajectory we're on and kind of the support we have on our side and the fact that we're doing, obviously we're doing something good because Frank sees it and understands it and wants to be a part of it.
4: And and also I just, it seemed like there was, I mean, just the interest level yesterday. So Josh Park made the little announcement video. And as I'm looking at it, just, just today on Twitter, 179,000 views on it so far. So that's just over 24 hours. So clearly a lot of interest in where Frank was going to end up. And I think a lot of people were surprised with the result as well. Well, look at the people
3: that commented on the tweets, like people like Bob McKenzie shared it, Elliot Friedman and all like all these blue check marks are just like talking about it. Like like the amount of exposure and the amount of people that were waiting and the profile that Frank has, it really kind of, it's just been Frank and I working on this. So I didn't really know what the outside would think. And then we launched that and I was like, holy shit, this is a big fucking deal.
0: I saw you know, one of the first friend, replies was. Oh, sorry, Charles, I didn't mean to cut you off. But one of the first replies sorry. was just from like a random hockey fan, and they were like, "Holy shit! Daily Face Off makes the big move," or something along those lines. Kind of like a wow, I can't believe Daily Face Off just did this, and like it's such a such a big stamp for the website too, right? Or for the company to like be like, "Yeah, damn right, we went out and got that guy." Where are you going to say, yeah. Charles? Well,
1: that's kind of my view as kind of the outsider here. Um, I w- when I first heard this, I kind of. You know there's a part of me that was like, well did he know this was, was this in the works before he left TSN you know you wonder but to know that he actually left TSN with no no place to go and that you guys kind of almost won the stakes uh, it does it does say a lot for what you guys are doing but it's also uh, so you, you definitely confirm that he, he was not there was no preconceived notion of this before he left eh
3: He wasn't, he wasn't being poached, uh, but he knew he had other opportunities. Uh, So that's, he was going to, he was just going to leave and bet on himself and um, go and explore those opportunities and see kind of what shoots out the other end. And uh, which was, uh, the timing is insane.
4: Well,
1: even right now, like you you see a lot of guys that are banking on themselves and going to smaller like media companies to build a brand with that media company and have you know, stake in it and not just thinking that the only place that they can work is, you know, the big box media stores like the TSNs and the SportsNets and the ESPNs and stuff. And, um, you know, they it, it, it going to provide is, is a lot more content and a lot more freedom, I think, for a lot of these guys.
4: Oh, without question.
3: Yeah. Well, and just like the contact, like the context Frank had. So Frank was, before the announcement, he was kind of quietly going to uh, NHL GMs. Um, and letting him know kind of where he's going to be landing next and like where he's going to be working. And like, he was talking to, I I don't, I don't know if I should mention names or not, but he was talking to one, uh, we'll say an American GM, which makes it very vague, um, American team GM. But, uh, he was just like, and Frank heard this across the board, but like the one, the one guy uh, specifically is like, he's like, we use that site all the time. And they like gave us, and and then like started telling us like, if you could actually build this for us we would like buy it or subscribe it, sorry, or whatever. Like if you could build this tool for us, we would totally use it. And I bet you all the other teams would. And I was like, crazy. Okay. But like, interesting okay. to hear okay. kind of like who uses it. Right.
1: So here's another question for you then. And you know, I'm not a guy that sits there on my computer and looks, but I, I'm very interested to know what a lot of these sites are all about. So if you were to give somebody the elevator pitch at what daily face-off is building, what, what, what would, you know, a guy go there to find, to look for, you know, is it a content site with a bunch of videos? HockeyFights.com, it says it in the name, what it is, right? Like we know. Yeah. Daily oh. Face-Off, is that just literally daily lineups, everything to do with daily fantasy, you know, letting know, you know, who's trending upwards, who's trending downwards? Is that the kind of site that, that Daily Face-Off is?
3: Well, that's the current state of Daily Face-Off. So Daily Face-Off, and the whole reason why we're, we're going this direction is – you know, doing team sites in all the markets is a big effort. Um, you know, it's a lot. Of, it was a lot of work to get Oilers Nation where it is today. A lot of work to get Flames Nation where it is today, and, and so on and so forth. So, we really wanted to create a three hundred and sixty uh, content strategy off of one site, and Daily Faceoff being that 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 prime number one resource for fantasy and DFS hockey uh, information that already is speaking to a league wide audience. So current state daily face-off is your number one tool to manage your fantasy and DFS rosters um, through the hockey season. So the elements that are and, – and, and, and we've sprinkled in a little bit of gambling because our partners, Odd Shark, are great content creators. So we're, we're using that to have DFS people and serve DFS people who like the sports bet Uh, with, with, with good betting content, but where DFO or daily face is going to be going and what it's going to be is its mission and mandate is to be the all-encompassing number one hockey internet brand. So if we want to, we want to capture all the lifestyle. So if you're just a hockey fan that wants insider news, you got Frank or you got, you got, you, you or we, we have Frank and the team that was working with Frank to get you that information. If it's just news of the day, we got that. If it's a daily show where you're just looking at the, the topics of the day and having two well-known people hammer out and fight and, and, and discuss these topics. We've got, we've got the video elements. We're building out podcasts. We've got DFO rundown we're working on a lifestyle podcast will be coming out and then a few other brands we'll be bringing on under that as well. And then, you know, the hockey better, you know, we're going to be coming up with more betting content, building out our own expert team, building out tools to help you set up and play with bets or, or or, or, uh, help you get the edge on certain bets based on, our own internal calculators and, 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 machine learning stuff that we have. Same goes with daily uh, DFS. So for your draft Kings, your fan dual lineups, we're going to bring to you our own lineup optimizers, you know, cheat sheets, depth charts, all those tools you need to help try to make the best uh, daily fantasy lineup that you can to help you win your league or at least place in your league. And then on the fantasy side. So Fantasy is a big thing for us with football and for hockey. So in your peer-to-peer fantasy world, we're also going to have information tools and like premium tools to help manage your roster uh, throughout a whole year-long fantasy season. So we want to – the DFO's mandate is to try to touch kind of every element there is uh, that, that a hockey fan subscribes to, whether it's just, like I said, if it's just following us on Twitter, we got gotcha. you. If it's video, we got you. Podcast, we got you. If it's events, we got you. If it's fantasy, if it's gambling, if it's DFS, we've got you. And we're building out like a really pro team. And that's why it was important for our first move to be someone like Frank to establish that credibility with our audience to help build up that audience, but also uh, credibility so Frank and we can build a really good and well-known content team to service that whole agenda. Well done. That's well a time. hella that was a
0: long elevator ride.
3: <laughs> well, that's what I told <laughs> Frank
4: and it worked. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, before we keep going on here, need to give some love to manscaped.com in the lawnmower four We have a promo code with them. It is real life. It gets you twenty percent off and free shipping. Clean up your downstairs area. It's gonna be like thirty degrees next week in Edmonton. You don't wanna be hot and sweaty and gross down there. So trim it up. Come on, promo code Real Life. Um, guess who just joined our waiting room? No guesses. Okay, it's Frank, by Frank the way. And, yeah, and I, and, I, and I'll let I'll let Frank in uh, now. Our new boss. Well, I, I mean, we don't need to discuss, you know, the order in which everyone is uh, is employed here. Frank Cervelli, rocking a nice <laughs> little, r- rocking a nice little golf shirt. You on the course here, Frankie?
2: No, I'm not. Uh, I'm hanging out promoting Daily Face Off. You Look are. Hey?
0: You're you're running the media gauntlet.
2: Yeah, just did the Winnipeg sports talk, Hustler, and I think it was just a great another great example of how the hockey content world and space digitally is changing. Like you see Hustler leave a traditional outlet and, and heads to a digital media space and they've found some awesome success there in Winnipeg. And we're looking forward to building something amazing at Daily Faceoff.
4: Frank, first question for me, buddy, what'd your phone look like yesterday?
2: It was, uh, it was, it was actually dead in short order. Um, not to say I wasn't anticipating it, but I just didn't have the battery strength, uh, to get through the day. So, uh, needed a recharge at a certain point, uh, first time, uh, with this phone needing that. And it was refreshing, just nice, um, you know, to, to get the response and the warm welcome from people that, um, you know, just to announce this landing spot and something really cool.
0: Uh, for me, my, my opening question would be, have you ever had a hype video made about yourself?
2: No. And someone else (laughs) called it that. And I was like, is that what we're calling that? Like, cause you know, as we were discussing what we wanted it to look and feel like with Jay, it was like. Not like I don't I didn't want it to be like super serious or stuffy, but also like wanted to kind of like make fun of myself and I was thinking like should we do like a LeBron James? I'm taking my talents too. <laughs> and I was like, but I don't want anyone to think that I think of myself like LeBron James. Well, so you do. Yeah, no, that come on. So <laughs> um so yeah, it was uh I thought the video was like really well done and really appreciate Josh working behind the scenes and, and getting that going.
4: Turned out better than my idea, which was having you pop out of a cake of some kind. So I'm glad Josh was in charge of it, not me.
2: <laughs> yeah. And popping literally. out of a cake. Am, am I wearing like clothes as I do that or no? Well, well maybe we a
4: sash, something. Choice.
1: Off. <laughs> off the podcast, that was like the very first thing he said. I said, this mm-hmm. has to be done. And then we started really brainstorming outfits, size of cake. Was it? You know, yeah. Dude, you need a seriously Where would
4: large done? cake for, in order for me to fit in there. Okay. <laughs> With the tasteful sash, though, it looked really nice. Buddy.
1: Nice tasteful sash. Uh.
4: I don't even think my wife would want to see that.
2: <laughs> in fact, I know she wouldn't. Uh,
0: so, so uh, you know, okay, let's get serious again here. Uh, explain your new role. Like, like what is it going to entail? Kind of what are you doing here? What, what's it going to look like?
2: Yeah. So daily face-off has been everyone's home. And it's funny because I was talking to a number of GMs, you know, this week as I was just saying, Hey, I'm back in the mix. This is what I'm doing. They're like, Hey, like they typed it in. Like as I was on the phone with them, like I go to this page, like I, I I go use daily face-off I cheat and look at their line combos and I'm like, cheat. They're like, yeah, we should know that. It should be on like a board in my office. It's like, no, no, I get, that's the mo they have the most up-to-date line combos and info. So I use that page all the time. But to this point, it's sort of been in some ways a little bit faceless in terms of the content side of it, the reporting, the news, um, you know, all that stuff has been so good behind the scenes. It's built up this massive viewership. And so um, to take that and then now add a lot of stuff to it, that storytelling uh, ability, you know, some streaming shows, podcasts, like we've got some really exciting plans in place uh, to roll out on daily face off and I'm excited to come in and not just bring what I do, but also to bring along people with me that people around the hockey world will know. We have uh, some really exciting plans and, you know, I'm just excited to build something, bring in some really talented people that I've gotten to know around the league. And it's going to be really fun.
3: Frank, I just want to say, thank you. You almost just said verbatim why I said you would come and join yeah. us. So you made me look really good.
4: Yeah. We asked Jay for an ele- what was his elevator pitch for you, Frank? And he went on for 45 minutes about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a took the whole podcast
0: know. up to this point.
2: Yeah, no. Um, and that's like, that's it. Like, that's what, um, you know, I've made some awesome friendships around this league and I've gotten to know, you know, almost everyone in this hockey media space. And, you know, to be able to like leverage those relationships and call people these last couple of weeks and say, Hey, here's where I'm going. Come with me. And they're like, Oh, That's like, that's refreshing. That's new. That's interesting. And so, um, it's going to be awesome.
4: Was that part of the excitement for you is just, I mean, obviously we know you from TSN forever, but like just changing gears and going to a new space and doing something that was new and maybe outside of what you were used to.
2: Yeah. And look, I, I truly believe this is where everything's heading. Um, you know, for the traditional media outfits, um, you know, there are some pitfalls and, and I, I want to use that term loosely, not, I'm not knocking anyone, but there's relationships that are in play between networks and either individual teams and, or the league. Uh, so we're going to have, you know, independent refreshing coverage. Um, I think that's one. And the other part is like, you know, I, I think we can do it really well, uh, with the attention to, you know, detail and, and focus on different consumers and the way that media has changed, not just in the last five years, but in the last year or two, um, you know, mobile and the way people are watching and streaming and replaying and, you know, podcasts, like everything's changing so rapidly. Like, I just think we can be, uh, not, I think, I know we can be a leader in that space um, in the hockey world. There's lot, you know, lots of room for growth and we want to be part of that.
1: I use one for like my fantasy football which I think you guys will become, but basically like to have the tools that can show, like you can help optimize your lineup for the weekend, like help see what your, what your, what your opponent's lineup's going to look like. And to just really give you like these treats, these cheat sheets, yeah. there's nothing like that hockey, right? Like that is a huge, and- huge Avenue you guys are going down. I think it's going to be like really, really beneficial for people because when you go into drafts, just to have that like reassurance and stuff, People are willing to pay top dollar for that stuff. So it's really exciting to get to go create something like that.
0: And I think it'll be cool too, how it'll have that and it'll have betting and then it'll have Frank and a team of whoever out there giving you the latest breaking news. So like no matter what kind of hockey fan you are, this should in a sense be the perfect website for you. If you just love reading takes and breaking news and all that shit, like we'll have you covered. If you like throwing down mad coin on games we got it. If you like building up a perfect lineup, cause you're playing DraftKings, you're in a league with your buddies or whatever, like we'll have you covered. And that, that is kind of the point here, right, Frank?
2: Yeah. And look, there's going to be tools that we haven't released or announced yet, especially on the fantasy and gambling side that, um, you know, I think could really be a game changer. So um, that's going to be another really important space. And like all that stuff, what daily face off does so well, none of that's going anywhere. We're just adding all these other things to it that I think, are really going to make it a destination.
4: I always call it adding lanes onto the highway is really what it is. You know, any flavor for any person, that's what DFO is all going to be about. And that's trying
3: to, Oh, go ahead. We're we're trying to build that 16 lane super highway that you've seen images of in China, but for hockey on the internet.
2: Yeah. And and the thing (laughs) is like, it's not going to take us five years of road work to do it.
3: That's the beautiful thing about the uh, digital space. Oh, easy your rim, Chuck. We're well on our way. (laughs) I'm
0: just fucking around. Um, So yeah, the DFO rundown is still going to exist. That's a podcast we've been doing for a while now. Also, we got a review on the DFO rundown. And Jay, I think you'll like this. The review five stars said, been listening since the beginning. Love it. Great podcast. A little too American centric for me, which I think is actually a compliment that's for the perfect. show because we were that's... trying to build it as something that wasn't just like a Canadian hockey show. Anyways, unrelated. I just wanted to pass
3: that no, on. That's great. That, that, I would wear that with a badge of honor. Yeah, that's
0: what I, that's what I said too.
3: Wait.
2: So uh, how about this? So j- I said this to Jay the other night, I was typing my first story and I was like, are we typing in American English? Like, are all of our stories going to be American spellings or Canadian spellings? Like C E N T E R or C E N T R E? He's like, that's a good question. I don't know how to answer that. And I was like, well, 25 of the 32 teams are, are American. I think we're going to go with the American spelling. Uh, can I get away with that? Probably. You I think can.
0: Canadians are used to it. Yeah.
4: I think you yeah. can do whatever the fuck you want, to be honest. If someone
0: yeah. <laughs> if someone comments on one of your articles and goes, you forgot the you in rumor, you dick, like I think they'll get past it. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll survive. Um, but I've
2: been so deferential to like, and I, you know, I've been really mindful of that having worked in Canada for the last six years, everything I've ever done is like, make sure I don't stand out when I'm having a conversation. And that's like stand out in an ugly American way. Cause when I have a conversation with someone, I give them the temperature in Celsius instead of Fahrenheit or whatever it is to make sure that I don't stick out in the opposite way.
3: That's well, interesting. We'll, we'll still need you to quote Celsius. Cause I still don't know how to wrap my head around Fahrenheit, but you're good with
2: that, it though, Frank. Yeah, so it's 22 degrees here today and like perfectly comfortable. Although yeah,
0: one, nice. of my, one of my favorite conversations with you off the air doing the DFO rundown is when it snowed one day in Edmonton and I was like, oh, yeah, I have my car plugged in though, I'll be good. And you were like, so are there outlets at like every grocery store? The idea of plugging in the car <laughs> was rather new to you.
2: Totally blown away by that. Like, so when you, if you were to go to an Euler game, for instance, I know some of the parking is indoor, right? Is that true? And oh, then, only like, for oh, like yeah.
0: media and shit.
2: Okay, Only so only for Bob's offer. Okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so if you go to the game, could you plug in if it's that cold?
3: You wish you could. Uh, A lot of the surface parking wouldn't have that around the rink. You wish you could, though. Did they have it at the old Rexall? No. 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 No.
4: No. Cause there's no, also like- Frank part of the fun with parking at an Oilers game is like, I know Jay, we've talked about it on this podcast. Everybody's got their own spot that you don't even want to talk about. So I have a spot that happens to have a plug-in where I could, if I wanted, mm. but I will never tell you in a million years where that's. Oh, no, you take is. that that's, to your
3: grave.
0: That's how, you know, someone's a diehard Oilers fan when they don't tell you their Rogers place parking spot smart.
2: But then how far away do you have to walk to get in?
0: that's the secret that's why and you that's, never say that's
4: it. that's the tricky part
2: yeah but then like you, like you might freeze on the way in
4: not if you have enough beers no. oh, mm. true <laughs> it's all about layering up here friend. yeah it's all but about like layering.
2: i just that blows my mind i could always order a, you know if i wanted to order a pickup truck for instance i could get the engine block i'm like i would never need this why would i order that included
0: <laughs> live that spoiled philly lifestyle
2: <laughs> we, we get like maybe 10 to 15 days a year under 32, under freezing. So below zero for you guys. That's it.
0: So like outdoor rinks and all that, like non-existent? Can't do it. Can't do it.
2: I've wanted to put an outdoor Ranking. rink in my backyard forever. I could use it like five to seven days a year. Not worth the work.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, when you come to visit, we'll take you to plenty of them. We'll hit a whole to the friends,
1: Chuck, to, to be honest, this, this winter was tough to keep an outdoor rink in perfect condition there was was a lot it was warm it was warm so
3: chalmers chalmers is our local backyard rink uh expert yeah just so you know oh yeah (laughs) i make a great one
0: you do that'll be the trip up here when when frank comes up it'll include a stop at the chalmers rink
2: i i think that's that's like the ultimate hockey dad move like i my little guy started playing he's seven uh yesterday was actually his 7th birthday and I I've been wanting to build him an alto rink forever. I just can't I I can't do it.
0: And he wants to be a goalie, right?
2: No. That's like <laughs> he he wanted to be a goalie and I was like, dude, like you're not being a goalie.
1: That's what I said too. I said, my one my one son was like, "Those pads look super cool." I'm like, "You better get over that. Like literally in 10 minutes cuz you are never going to be a goalie." Your mom <laughs> it's a like sit and I said, no.
2: "Hard no. A that's hard no." I what him. Hard no. But you know what's funny? We were talking about this uh actually with Jay the other day. I like people aren't gonna, I was actually a pretty good hockey player.
0: I was about people to ask you. I not that.
2: believe that. Um you know I, I actually played and it's really funny. Um, so I played growing up with a, a bunch of guys that ended up making it to the NHL, but like uh, one of them, he only played four games. His name's Colby Cohen. Uh, he's a second round pick, and like he talks to a bunch of guys still in the league and he's like Dude, Frank was a good player. Like, I played with him for a long time, and like, no one can believe. First off, they can't process that I'm like the same age as some of them. And second, they don't <laughs> think that it's possible that I was a good player because I look like there was no chance that I ever was.
0: You do have an All elite right. prospects page. Do I? Did you know this? So, on your elite prospects page, Frank Saravalli, 33 years old, correct? Uh, your status, correct. your status is retired, and the only stats you have are from the Gladiators Legion U thirteen AAA League, where you played seventeen games, didn't put up a point,
4: two penalty minutes. Hmm.
2: Maybe they just the didn't update the accuracy of these
4: stats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would have been uh, what Would have been the scouting report on a young Frank saravalli Um, really good skater, defenseman. Uh, not a
2: big point getter, but oh, involved in the play. Not stay at home, but like... Um, Give us an NHL comparable.
1: A menace in the corners.
2: <laughs> like a Josh Marcy.
0: Okay. It's like you could well, quarterback PP1, but like there were probably like better options.
2: Probably, yeah, right. Yeah. Better options, and but also <laughs> like you, I was I played a lot of minutes. Yeah solid well, top right, four guys. Right.
3: we 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 often sometimes we have to put a nation hockey team into things and yeah. sometimes we play in those mountain pond hockey tournaments yeah so Dude, that, i would be uh, all over that and
2: I, I said to dustin nielsen at one point i was like i want to play in the world's longest game at some point like i oh, want to be i want me. in next time they do it
3: we can make that I, happen i would never want to do that mm. Frank. Everyone says
2: that. I know Buddy, like I, you live somewhere where it's <laughs> so only
0: below zero, 10 days of the year. I don't know if you want to play hockey in minus 30.
3: <laughs> I,
2: I, I want to try it. I love maybe it. Maybe that's not my introduction cool. though. Maybe yeah, I should maybe just, no,
3: no. well, we well, get yeah, Chalmers rink first for an hour or two and then <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get you into the 11 day outdoor game.
2: Uh, dude, <laughs> I, I am so in, we got to get a nation team together. And you know, i I've been saying this for years while i was working at tsn i was like we need to get a team together and play against sportsnet and do it for charity like that would be amazing we got to get a, net, a nation network team together and we'll we'll take on all comers in the media world
1: now that you oh, say that yeah. i would pay pretty much anything to watch guys on sportsnet and guys on tsn and yeah guys on tsn and guys on sportsnet and girls go head to head in a hockey game. That would be awesome. To see. But
0: there's former pros, right? So that would drastically skew things like, well, no, no, so, but, but, whoa, 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 no, no, whoa. We, no. Listen,
1: we can recruit. We've got we
3: can recruit some the pros. people on this call. We've yep. got, we have nation nation network, uh, contributor, Jason Strudwick. We have godfather of Oilers nation, Ryan Smith, that I guarantee you, if we invite him, he would be there. Uh, and then we, I, how do I, you guys never, know
2: the former pros that are going to be on our team starting in September? Like we're going to go out and get some people.
3: Yeah. Like yeah. We're, wise, knows yeah. Everyone. Okay. We're gonna yeah, go by this point,
4: it. by the time this all comes together, I'm just going to hope to get off the bench to be honest.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> gonna, <laughs> none of us are playing. Who are we talking about? We'll get, yeah, 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 like, get Burns. The it's a big like Mr. Burns no back baseball team.
4: But it was on room DJ. Unreal always, a go- always at, a good room DJ.
2: At TSN, every year during World Juniors, um, there'd be a pickup game at some point. So like, I'd be out there, be like, Tessa Benham, uh Craig Button is a really good player. He can skate really well. Like it was like unreal. Some of the guys that were out there um and just like trying to put that team together like mike johnson you got noodles and ned or you could go marty buran like these are all it was like it, it would have been so fun and then to put those guys up against like kipper and and all the rest of the guys at Sportsnet back in the day like it would have been have awesome. loved it
1: i'm more wanting to see like guys like james duffy go <laughs> get on ice and guys like bob mckenzie and bobby
0: mack was good back in his day yeah. right
1: yeah bobby mack could yeah. skate for sure yeah yeah, but we're not playing back in their day. We're playing right now. Fair <laughs> That's what I mean. Some it's like riding guys a a up blow up Like, blow my mind. I guarantee I would not expect Craig Button to be a hell of a hockey player, and he probably, he goes out there. I mean, that'd be awesome to watch. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Has to happen.
0: Uh, circling See, back.
1: Did-
2: all these things that I bring to the table.
0: You're full of good <laughs> ideas, Frank. Uh, circling back to uh, Daily Faceoff, one of the pieces I liked in your article was uh, the quote from Connor Garland's agent. And then you with it, you go Cooney told daily face-off on Tuesday. Are you going to bring like the NBA style of reporting? Like, you know, when Shams or Wash breaks a piece of news and it's always sources tell ESPN in the athletic or stadium sports in the athletic or whatever, is that the style you're going to bring? Cause the hockey community doesn't really do that. It's usually just a tweet and hit send. Are you going to do the sources tell daily face-off?
2: Yep. A hundred percent. And Also, I think what the hockey reporting community doesn't do. And I was talking to another insider about this the other day. We don't properly credit. Yes. That's the one thing that those two guys are really good at. Uh, They credit each other or whoever has the scoop. They say, you know, this guy had it first. I don't like baseball's
0: really good at it too.
2: It bothers me that they don't. And, um, and so I think it's better for everyone to just start crediting and, and hopefully we'll see some of those daily face-off credits, but that's not what it's for. Um, yeah. You know what, going back to that Connor Garland thing, it almost never happens that way. Cause I'm, you know, as I'm making my calls around the league, you know, I'm talking to various people and I just have an op, you know, the way that I operate with them, like I'm the way I'm talking to you is all totally off the record unless I tell you, Hey, I'd like a quote from you, or Hey, I'd like to do something with this. And I almost never say it unless I, you know, schedule the call going in saying, Hey, I'm working on a story. Need you, you know, need some quotes from you, hoping you can talk on the record. It's all off the record, but Connor Garland's agent was like, and you can quote me. And I was like, huh? And he's like, no, he's like, make sure you quote me. And I was like, that is them sending a message to the Arizona coyotes.
4: Old. so Awesome. Crazy. Because your first post yesterday, Frank, like I, I texted you yesterday, it broke the website. It was pretty amazing, actually. It really yeah. was.
2: I think that's the first time that's ever happened for me.
4: The People were excited, man. Like, I don't know if you've looked at the, the, the numbers on the just the announcement tweet that you posted, but we're pushing hundreds of thousands of views on that video. People are excited about it. That's because Josh did a really good job. Imagine where we could have been with the cake, though. I <laughs> never let it go. I've got great ideas.
0: I uh, also,
4: you're going to be a bit more of a regular
0: around the nation as well, right? Joining some podcasts and all that people can expect to hear a lot more from you and see a lot more on you and all the properties. Frank froze. He, he oh. either froze or he's trying to dodge the question. Oh, he's yeah, back. I, would dodge the I, know, question I said,
3: does,
2: does it mean I need to hang out with you guys more? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like how about this weekend like maybe tonight i don't know yeah yeah what are you
2: doing yet? what are
4: you doing later well
1: back. i can good tell up. you
2: this um if the border opens up which like it's like unreal to me that it hasn't like we've taken science and we've thrown that out and logic out the window uh i've been fully vaxxed since april but if by chance the border opens and everything's good i am coming to edmonton before the start of the season, and we will all hang out.
3: That'd be excellent. Well, maybe maybe we should time this with the potential nation golf tournament.
4: Ooh,
0: we'll give away wow. the ability and for to golf so, with Frank.
1: So here's my here's my question for Frank. Frank, I'm kind of the guy on the podcast that tries to steer the conversation away from hockey. So I'm going to need <laughs> to know some of your uh, some of your, 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 your the things you do outside of hockey. What's some of your you know your favorite things to do? Are you a big movie guy? Disc golf? Do you golf golf? Disc golf. I golf golf. like outside of hockey.
2: And I was telling your rem the other day, golf encapsulates all of my vices. Day drinking. Okay. Yep. Gambling. And like yeah. some form of like. L- light light physical activity. Y- yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like something like <laughs> vaguely healthy is kind of what I'm at. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I,
1: I walk for nine holes though. So. And then what? I drive, take
2: a cart. Okay. I, <laughs> see, I can make it through all eighteen, and I do walk generally. Really? Um,
3: I, just, I just don't but, like it.
2: But yeah, that's like that's the that's what I'm into. Like that's my hobby. I'm a golf addict. I'm obsessed. Um
1: kind, So yeah. What kind that, of player is Frank Valley?
2: I am a like mid '80s kind of player. Very nice.
1: Very, very strong so off very the tee
0: nice. box, or is it your short game that does it for you?
2: Um. So I hit it far, but it's not always accurate. Um, So I'm more of like, I'm not like Bryson DeChambeau, like smash it, go find it, and then like scurry around. I am pretty good (laughs) around the greens. And, uh, you know, all my wedges are pretty good. So like I'd say like 75 and in, I'm pretty decent.
0: Soft hands.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's solid.
0: Chalmers, you got any more questions about his personal life or can we keep no, going?
2: No, I have a question for Chalmers. Why do yeah. you have so many garage door openers? <laughs> That's so funny you <laughs> asked that.
1: we asked that There's a the bunch of times. Per- <laughs> okay, so Frank, my personal life is not as a twice a week podcaster. I have a, uh, a business that I own and run and um, it is a house building business and I do renovations also. So each one of these garage door openers represents a house or a renovation that I am doing right now. So how do you keep so, them all straight? Uh,
2: Trial and error. Do you just go saying, there and you like, oh, oh, not that one.
1: Oh. <laughs> I just, so if you can tell, there's only two that are the exact same. So I don't know. They're pretty easy to keep straight. I think a label maker would help a little better. But, uh, you know, I can keep them pretty straight. I can keep them pretty straight. So it's my easy access in Because I lose keys too much. That's my thing. I always need to take the garage door opener. Keys are not my friend.
2: So Jay, do you do you have to be in your truck in order to join the pod or what?
3: Well, no, no, uh, I'm no. running errands today. Are you talking to me or are you talking to Chalmers?
2: I'm talking to you, Jay. Oh,
3: oh yeah. Well, Chalmers, Chalmers on brand, always in his truck. Today yeah. I'm running some errands, so today I'm in my truck. Normally, I've got the microphone and the I've up my audio game uh, yeah. in the office, but today I'm running around.
2: Do you are so. Are you in the nation truck?
3: Yeah, you bet. Check out always. the. Oh, I got the seat. Uh,
0: oh what is going on here this is great podcast seats yeah
3: orange and blue leather seats sherwood ford did us a good job here that's awesome those are really cool
0: you want to get a frank saravalli dfo truck
2: i no i actually (laughs) it's funny because i was talking to someone else that does a pod and they both recently got cars and i was like how can we find a way to make this yeah
1: It's not a truck. DFO rundown with Frank Cervelli, and I mean, that's not a truck. Sports that's a car? nice sleek sports car. Oh, oh hell yeah!
2: No, oh, yeah. dude, I, I just I, I'll tell you this. I just I did put in a pre-order for the new F one fifty Lightning.
0: Ooh, really? Ooh, like a Jeep what, are you, Frank. what
2: are your thoughts on that? The all electric F one fifty.
0: Electric is the future.
1: Uh, yeah, so nice.
0: Yeah, I'm big for 10, F-150 guy. That's all it, I've ever owned. I saw it on TikTok, actually, is the first place I saw it.
2: That's, you know what? I need to download TikTok. And, like, one thing I want to explore, and I've talked to Jay about this, we need to start looking into some clubhouse activities as well yeah. for DFO.
0: Do uh, you, you want to be in mine and bag milk's TikTok group chat? We, we send each other our favorite TikToks. That's yeah, real good. Yeah, it's no. great content. Yeah, no, you don't. Prepare yeah.
3: to Frank probably doesn't know it. Back. He's already, we've already got Frank all over TikTok. He doesn't even know it yet, but uh, we're on a mission to make you uh, a TikTok star, Frank.
2: As long as there are no cakes involved, I'm good.
3: <laughs> Damn it. We could start a trend. Yeah. If we do
4: that, that's huge. All announcements at dailyfaceoff.com come via cake literally
3: and, uh, huge you can the, follow the comment, frank comment frank about the clubhouse uh twitter now has that kind of functionality mm. and with your followers maybe that might be the better uh first approach at it
2: so i haven't seen that i guess i need to update twitter
3: like maybe. yeah so what on the very top of twitter where you see people's fleets yeah like do yeah. you see that sometimes yeah. you'll see them like you'll see like two circles combined yeah, Like they've like, kind of like they're touching. That's uh, like an active conversation that people can jump in and listen to. And so I, I, thought, it, it, I
2: thought that was more like along the lines of Instagram live,
3: but isn't <sighs> that what clubhouse also is? No, it's just audio. It's just audio. Oh.
2: And I kind of oh. like that. It's just audio. Cause like, if I'm just like chilling in my boxers, like i and sitting on the couch watching a game, like, I don't yeah. want to like, I don't want to be on camera.
3: But that Twitter one is just audio too. It's like, that's their that's the retort to clubhouse. Uh,
0: to be fair, we're all waist up right now, Frank. So I mean, who, who's going to yeah, know?
4: I haven't worn pants in a year and a half, Frank. So exactly. you're, you're among friends here. That's, that's why they call you bagged milk. That's right, buddy.
0: <laughs> that is why uh, okay. Quickly here. Cause, uh, cause we we're going long with Frank Cervale. got to give some love to twig and berries.ca that promo code nation 15. Gets you 15% off on their store online, twiggenberries.ca. Also, I drove past that fancy new in-person store in St. Albert right by, it's by Endeavor Brewing in the Casino. If you need some landmarks to help you find it, uh, Twiggenberries, check them out, promo code NATION15. Um, Frank, can I ask you, can we, can we do like a little hockey talk now? Because you guys know I'm itching to get this thing back on the rails.
2: Why,
4: why do we have to do hockey talk? This is what he does. Exactly. We'll have a conversation <laughs> about literally anything, and Tyler always ruins it. That's why it's called the yeah. real life podcast.
1: Exactly. That exactly. <laughs> Frank Saravella gets it. <laughs> Nobody else gets it. He gets it. I'll talk about uh, the Suns and four guys showing up at the Phoenix Suns arena and going crazy. And then did you see the video of the guy who got beat down and his side of the story?
4: Oh, uh, oh yeah. Loser.
1: What was his side
4: of the story? I didn't see it.
1: Just Basically, got that that. that yeah, that he got scratched, that he didn't really get beat down, that he actually landed a few good ones. He, he like I mean, ran he, he, he up the, the
4: stairs thing. covering his face. I saw the, the video, bro. He, you didn't land a few good ones. No, you didn't. Dude, did he
1: did not land a few good ones. But I swear, if Phoenix Suns win the finals, he will be like that guy. He'll get a statue, a ring straight up. Oh, he'll <laughs> get a, so- a ring.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you imagine Sun's the life that form. guy's living right now? Like. Holy shit. Like he's a legend there. Have you seen this guy, Frank? You know what we're talking about.
2: Yeah. But can, can you imagine that all this happened and it wasn't in Philly? I thought bad things at sporting events (laughs) can only happen here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. You, uh, you got on the Sixers bandwagon, right, Frank?
2: It was actually through my son. He's like, I said, he's seven. Yesterday was his birthday and he had got into the Sixers watching their playoff games. And so I took him to three games in the second round. And it was like, he became obsessed And, you know, he came home after they lost game seven, you know, again, up and just one of the biggest choke jobs again.
1: Does he he have an explanation for why a professional athlete is scared to score a basket?
2: He doesn't, but he, he said to me, he's like, dad, he's like, he got up the next day. He's like, I'm still mad. He actually cried on the way home. And it was kind of his first real introduction to like really liking a sports team and then them losing. And I was like, dude. Sports. It only gets it, it only gets break your here. heart, man. Uh,
1: break your heart. How how old is how old Frank? Seven. Oh, beautiful! That's a good age for them to get. Did you guys? How did you get him into that? Was it just like basketball cards? I found to get my sons into hockey, I had to buy them a lot of hockey cards, and then they started watching it, and like they were already playing. But what was it that's, with you?
2: That's interesting. So my guy, he plays hockey, um, but I think. Having taken him to a few Flyers games, he it like it moves too fast for him. And even on TV, like he can he watches, but he's not like intent on the action because I I just think it's too fast. And yeah. so we we went to the Sixers game. He was watching a couple of the playoff games. He asked to go, and I took him to a game with a buddy. And it was the first time he could actually like follow all the action and get it and see it. So just as like a parent, it was a kind of an amazing experience to see your kid get it for the first time and like kind of understand. And it was the playoffs and, you know, post uh, kind of post pandemic here. So it was the first full arena game with fans and no masks. And like, he just, he loved it. And so that was kind of his, it was like a light bulb went off and I'm hoping that that same thing can kind of apply and and transfer to hockey now.
1: Yeah. And so when you do have to like, I've had that same feeling. And for you, it must've been, especially after the pandemic must've like, Kind of taken you back and made you feel like you were a kid again kind of seen it through his eyes but with hockey there is these triggers i always would put on hockey and try to get my kids to watch it and even though they played it i knew watching it would kind of make them more into it and more you know develop maybe a little faster on the ice maybe just understand it a little bit more but it was it was literally just going and buying them hockey cards That's and interesting. Then all of a sudden Yeah. They got to know the players. They knew like every player and every player's number. And then that translated to them wanting to see these players on the ice. And so it was like little triggers that I had to find. Right. And then once you find them, it's just, you step back and just watch it blow up and it's amazing.
2: Yeah. And so it's funny you said that because my son couldn't name what we watch a lot of games together. He likes the teams. He knows all the logos and where they're from. He doesn't know one single, like he doesn't know Connor McDavid doesn't know a single player but with basketball, I took him to the game and he's like, oh, that guy, 21, he's pretty good. Like, he keeps scoring all the points. And so then, like, I got him a Joel Embiid jersey and he, like, all of a sudden, like, nice. Embiid, Embiid, like, he loves him and, like, he gets it now, which, like, I know that sounds really stupid to say, but when your kid, it, like, clicks for the first time, it's like, you're like, this is awesome.
1: Yeah. You just Jay, have to sounds- sit back to watch it and, and, and enjoy.
4: Jay, it sounds like we need to get to a young Sar- Saravali, a McDavid jersey. Yeah,
1: we need
3: to start the brainwashing very quickly. Yep.
4: Frank also
2: you
0: the- want more nation gear, right, Frank?
2: Yeah, what's up? I, I i need more nation gear. And also, I i hate to share this with you guys, but um wood jerseys. My son asked me for a leaf jersey of all the ones that were like, I was like, Hey, like there's the oilers They're like, now. Nah, sorry. I want the leaf. What the
1: hell is that? Is the cardboard cut out of a leaf jersey? So this is. Do oh, not wood know
2: what dude. These are awesome, Chris. You need one of these for your fan cave. They're like the attention to detail on these things, like it is amazing. I'm not sure if you can see it. It's like Again. layers upon layers of wood. It's like six layers deep, and there's like so many different. It's all it's all cut out and indented and 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 painted. It's it's really amazing.
1: That is wicked. Look at that cross promotion
2: from the rundown.
1: Good work. That was great. I love good woodwork. I love good good woodwork. Nobody admires good woodwork more than I do. (laughs) So, yeah, you'll have to tell me that one again. What was the website?
2: Woodjerseys.com. And I I don't know if it's still active, but we did have a, a promo code $15 off D F O DAD 15, if I'm not mistaken, was the promo code. Look at look at that
0: memory on Frank Saravalli, Remembering all the Broncos. Got a promo codes. pro
4: here,
2: Tyler.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, Charles. They they got Oilers on there. They got uh, all the Canadian teams. I think that's and it. Then, it was like, all
2: the Canadian teams and the Bruins. And I yeah. like he was like, nah, I want the Leafs one. So you guys, oh, we need a we need a McDavid jersey.
1: Yeah, we need he's, to. He's 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 only seven, man. A, a McDavid jersey right now, something he could wear to school. That might go a long way. Oh, well, yeah. Changing I'll tell mind. you
2: this. Um, the la- So every year for Christmas, I try and get him a new jersey with, you know, and I put his name on the back, not a player. So for his fourth Christmas, he got the Flyers. His fifth one, he got the Leafs. And then last year for his sixth Christmas, he asked for the Jets. So <laughs> we're trending in the right direction. Okay. Across the- okay. We're coming yeah. west. We're going, yeah, we're going North Leafs. Up. Yep. Winnipeg, we got. We just got to get to. Uh, got to get to the YEG.
4: Got to make yeah. sure to get them the uh, the classic though, the royal blue as opposed to the Man, navy blue of, they're doing. Some of
0: navy blue bullshit. I,
4: I actually like the navy blue. I don't mind it. I just feel like they've got the perfect jersey just mm. sitting there, in the originals, yeah, the blue, the white
1: and one, the white one, the white one. Nice, all here. the white one is the best jersey in sports. The new other than ones the are really powder nice. blue other than the powder the, the old San Diego Chargers powder blues those are pretty sick too.
0: I uh, I said today on Scalding Hot Takes I would sacrifice the Oilers first round pick for them to get their jerseys right.
1: <laughs>
2: what are your what are your thoughts on the orange ones? I don't I, uh, I the orange grew on me. The,
0: the best jersey yeah. combination they ever had was 2017 royal blue the whites with that really, really crisp orange one mixed in. That was the best trio of jerseys this organization has ever had at any point in their history,
2: ever. So what do you make, and I've never asked anyone this, and I don't know the answer. What do you make of like the old, like early 2000s, late 90s? Like, what would you call that? Rocket?
4: I call them the pajama ones. Are you talking about the ones with the piping or the, uh, the, the- comet?
2: The piping, but, like, the, the Oiler guy also. Oh, yeah. So, like, Todd
0: Marchant, yeah. Tommy Sallow yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: like, I'm thinking, like, Bill Guerin, Doug Wheat. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think they're liked by Oilers fans, but I think every, I, I think a strong majority of Oilers fans would always choose the royal blue over those. Always. I would agree with that. Except yeah. for the McFarland jersey. People love that yeah. thing.
2: The one with, the, the, like, the weird, like, buffer yeah. slug
4: drop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Frank, yeah. you have
0: no idea how much Oilers fans love that jersey. Are
4: you serious? Is I, that think was, I think it was because the it's Oilers the only come one that's with ever new different. jerseys every year, but it's just different flavors of the same jersey, whereas that one was unique, and there was never another one like it, at least in this city.
2: What would you call that other color that they had? Is it like copper?
4: Yeah, back copper in those, and blue.
2: Like, late 90s? Yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Yeah. Copper and blue for sure.
0: Any other thing. Oilers related uh, questions you got, Frank?
1: I, I'm just curious as to what you wanted to talk about hockey. What was, what exactly did you want okay. to talk about?
0: Cause now we're doing this. Oh, I, Hey, when you were playoff? covering the, when you were covering the flyers, you would have came mm-hmm. up to Edmonton a few times, right?
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. And I came okay. up to Edmonton a few times um, when I was working for TSN as well. I did. Um, I was there for all their playoff games in 2017. I, I just
0: wasn't sure if you had been to the old rink as well as uh, as, well as the new one, but you rolled into ro- Rexall a few times, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always had really – what I remember about Rexall, first off was the annoying walk to the press box, mm-hmm. and second was they always had shitty Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, that's because the internet yeah, that didn't tracks. exist when the building
4: opened. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. <laughs>
2: like, they had this room for visiting writers to, like, finish their stuff, and it was literally, like, a closet. And you had to,
0: the only bathroom was like on the concourse with the fans, right?
2: There was, I think there was one in the, oh, in, in the, the media in the, room room yeah, yeah. In the media
0: meal room there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, That's fair. If uh, if I, if you had to rank them just based on the arena itself, like forget the nightlife or what's around them and all that, which, which building would be at the top of your list and which building would be at the bottom of your list for, for arenas around the league.
2: Are we talking atmosphere or like actual, just like building and amenities?
0: Let's, let's do, let, let, we can do a little bit of a combination of both. I think like building and amenities combined a little bit with atmosphere.
1: Okay. You're excited. Uh, you're excited to go there.
0: You're Vegas? excited to go there and watch the game. Vegas. Yeah, Dude, oh, yeah.
2: Vegas is, a, it's not even the nightlife. Like that building pumps. Good. Like it is, it's really good. Um,
0: Which team needs a new rink the most? And, and don't say Phoenix because we all know Phoenix is whatever. Calgary,
2: yeah, yeah, but Calgary's getting one, so I I don't have them on the list. I actually kind of like the Saddle Dome. It's kind of got like a little. What's cool about the dome is that all, the majority of the seats are in the lower bowl. It feels like. Yeah. So, if more people are close to the action.
4: Unless you take that long walk up to the old press level where we sit when we go down to Calgary, that is, you need Sherpas to get up there.
2: Yeah. I actually, I like that press box too. We call it the dangling press box of doom because, like, anytime something like you walk and it like shakes, and I don't know, oh you God. always feel like you're not safe there. It's
0: not- I remember it also getting hangs, it
2: hangs over the yeah. bench. So like when you want to see a player come off the ice, you literally have to get out of your seat and like stick your head over the thing to see if that player is actually on the bench or not.
4: What about a ring, a rink? Like uh, I was watching the game last night, Frank, what about out on the long Island? Cause it just seems <sighs> like that vibe in there is amazing. Like Islanders fans were having so much fun last night. That thing so is jealous. a toilet.
2: It is, <laughs> it is a toilet. Like seriously, it makes, um, it makes the old Rexall look like, like a modern arena. And it's I'm like, bad. I'm not, it's, it's awful. Like, and I haven't been there in the last couple of years. Like they've been trying to get rid of that place forever. <laughs> it's in the middle of like, it's kind of in the, it's, it's in a parking lot essentially. And there's nothing around it for like hundreds and hundreds of yards there's like a crappy old hotel across the parking lot. Um, and that's it. Like it, everything else is just a highway. Um, and inside it's like, it's terrible. There's one, <laughs> there's actually one concourse for both levels. Like it's one of those things where you get to like oh, an entrance to go into the bowl. And it's like, there's a step stairs up to go to the upper bowl and stairs down to go to the lower bowl. Like it's, that's it. There's one concourse and it's cramped.
4: It, it is, is not like a, a cockroach, for your intermission That's bathroom drinks, you know.
0: But they can't get rid of it, like you said. Like I feel like for the last decade it's been like, oh, tonight's probably the last game at the Coliseum. Then like the next year they're fucking back at the Coliseum somehow.
2: Yeah, but their their new ones almost finished being built and it's apparently amazing. They actually, yeah. with this playoff run, they sold out their season tickets for the first time in like decades. Mm. And their suites are almost sold, like the building's almost completely sold out, and it's new and nice and apparently awesome. But um, to answer your previous question about other arenas, um, I, I mean, obviously Montreal is pretty close to the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, and like the atmosphere when that place is going on a Saturday night is really good. Um, and I really like the arena in Pittsburgh. Like not so much the vibe, but it's actually a, an awesome, awesome arena to see a game in.
0: Like constructed well and all that shit.
2: Yeah, like perfectly constructed for hockey. It's one of those places where like it's it's um it's built into the ground, and it's like so you walk in and you kind of like go down to the lower bowl, or you can go up to the upper bowl. So it's just like it's well built and it's downtown. It's kind of near everything. It's it's
4: nice. Just since we're talking hockey, obviously uh, four teams left. Which series is more surprising to you? I could not. I just when when Montreal went to Vegas in Game One and the way it did. I just I thought it was going to be a walkthrough for the Golden Knights and Montreal just won't die. Which of those two is kind of more surprising to you?
2: It's definitely Montreal. Um, the Islanders, like you can't get rid of them. You Speaking of just don't die, like the Habs, yeah. or sorry, the Islanders, they don't make mistakes. They're never in a hole. You know, even last night, they're down to nothing. Their season's on the line. They find a way to claw back into it. And now Kucherov is out. Like I wouldn't like, I think they're actually, if he's doesn't play game seven, I think the Islanders are in the driver's seat to win the series and go to the cup final, but Montreal, like Vegas, it, it's not so much what Montreal has done. It's like what Vegas hasn't done because it's been more of the same for Montreal, but Vegas, they beat Minnesota in seven games. Then they slay the president's trophy winner and maybe the best team in the league in Colorado and do it pretty handily. And then now you're going to like, let that slip and lose to Montreal. And that's not knocking Montreal. I just think that they're, you know, it's not even about what they did in the regular season, finishing 18th. It's not about a team getting hot. It's just that. I don't know that they're that good. And I, that's not a a shot. It's just like, I, I I don't know that they are.
0: So, so every year, like we always hear, you know, it's a copycat league. That's kind of the cliche that gets thrown around. And, you know, when, when L.A. was winning, everyone wanted to get big and tough and all that. And then it was, you know, Washington, St. Louis winning. If one of the Islanders or Habs win, what's the takeaway from other GMs? Like, is there a template with either of those teams that other organizations can learn from?
2: I, I think the template would just be depth. Like, I mean, I think you look at, you look at Montreal, for instance, and it's like, as acquire, acquire as many top four defensemen as you can those guys are all kind of interchangeable parts. And, like, with all due respect to Shea Weber, like, I don't think any one of those guys is any better than any of the other ones. And so they can all be used in terms of equal minutes and things like that. And they pare down their bench really well, you know, cutting back their third pair to, like, 9, 10, 11 minutes. And then kind of that, you know, the Islanders' defense core doesn't get heralded as much, but I think they're just as good You know, you see a player like Devon Taves get peeled off and goes to Colorado and everyone's like, man, this guy's a revelation. Where's he been? But he's really good and has been for a long time on the island. And then you see Pelik and Pulak um, as well as they've played, um, you know, they're they're kind of both those teams are relentless. And I think, you know, if there's been one buzzword through these playoffs in terms of copycat, it's like you need killers, That's what Brendan Shanahan said. The Leafs don't have is, is killers, a killer instinct. And both those teams have it. um, And it's, it's hard to explain what that is and and who personifies it, but like the Brendan Gallagher's and, and the guys that have dug in on the Islanders um, you know, I think that just sets teams apart.
3: Uh, Since
0: we got on the topic of hockey and now I won't be ridiculed for trying to talk hockey on a hockey podcast, um, not a hockey but, podcast. yeah, tech. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, with the Oilers this off season, kind of what are you, what are you expecting? Like, I know we've talked about this a few times on a few different platforms, but like, do you think it'll be a real busy one for Oilers fans here? Like, will we have a lot to talk about? Or do you think it could be a bit of a letdown from that perspective?
2: No, I, I think it will be. And I think, um, I think Ken Holland comes from a school where you under promise and over deliver. And so he's not going to hype it up, but I think everyone around the team knows that, this is such a significant summer. Like, this is unquestionably the biggest offseason in Oilers' history. Um, this team needs to take a step forward. I think everyone's remained patient to this point. You know, there's a reason why you didn't see McDavid and Drysettle come out after the playoffs ended the way they did and, and speak up or show any sort of frustration. This has been a steady build under Ken Holland to kind of get to this exact moment in time. And yeah, I do think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a big, big off season and there's going to be lots of activity. And I think, you know, part of it is like getting your own business done with some of the guys that you have. And part of it is also like, you know, you need to make some trades. You need to make a buyout here or there. You need to sign a free agent here or there. Like there's going to be all facets of, of this summer involved in terms of what the Oilers are doing. Like re-signing Ryan Nugent
0: Hopkins, I, Frank. Frank, I said I wasn't going to ask you, but clearly.
4: There's- <laughs> I, I was actually going to stop
2: myself and just say like, do you guys just want to ask the nudes question now or should I
4: just say it?
2: or what? <laughs> it's
4: very on brand for me, Frank.
2: I So this is like, I don't have any reporting involved. I think these two sides have remained in, in constant conversation. And I know that they're still talking and trying to get something done and trying to find common ground. This is not, like, I'm not putting on the hot take mitt when I ask this question. Are the Oilers, honestly, are they better off not having Nuge?
4: Take that back. I would say <laughs> no based on their depth chart.
2: Yeah, they have no but left how, wingers. How do you know who's going to be filling that void? Like, So Nuge is a good player, and I think we all get that, right? And he does yeah. provide a like distinct service to this team. But stylistically, is that the best way to spend the money? That's my only question is like he got a crack with McDavid for yeah. what? I think he played 31 games to start the year with him. if mm-hmm. it's in that neighborhood, Something like that. The numbers are like borderline disastrous. and I know like you look at it and he's like, maybe just north of, he' was like right around a point per game or just north of it, but you're like, think of all the opportunities that he had that he didn't cash in on. But But I just leave you longing in so many ways watching this season. And I know that's such an unpopular opinion and I'm just looking at it from like a 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. of like putting this team together and putting, putting a team together that wins. It's so hard to say no and to walk from a guy like that. But I think I really like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but only up to a certain price point.
0: I, I think the argument and my argument for keeping a guy like that around is when you look at their depth chart, like Beg Milk said, right now on the left side, it basically goes, and I'm looking at it on dailyfaceoff.com. It goes Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Then it's Devin Shore. If you separate dry settling or you keep dry and McDavid down the middle. So when you look at the offseason coming up, you need to improve on the left side from last year. So if you don't bring back Nuge. Then suddenly you're going to the free agent slash trade market looking for three outside hires to come in and fix your depth on the left side. And when you go to the outside market, there's risk, right? It might not be a fit or anything like that. Whereas, you know, Nuge works well with Dreisaitl and he can be serviceable with McDavid. So if you go bring in two outside hires plus Nuge, you at least have the safety net of one guy who, you know, fits in in the room, everyone likes and can be moved around your lineup.
2: And I, I get the argument, but like I, I also feel like if you're scared, get a dog. Like, how do you know what like you don't know what, <laughs> what really is out there in terms of who you can realistically think you can bring in? If this dog can
0: score 30 blinded. goals, I'll take him.
2: I think if you get into trouble though, and sign a deal that's too expensive for too long, especially when you think that you already have these question marks as it is. And if you're having the same question marks two years from now, but you're stuck on the deal, I just think that's such a, you, you, I, you might not be able to win at this exact moment, but you could definitely lose if that makes any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Let them walk. I'm with Frank.
2: So what, like, what, <laughs> what, what number would you be comfortable with though? Like, so even for like the new, like the super new fan, at what point are you sitting there saying that's too much?
4: If it goes like, over six and a quarter, then it's just, it's way too much. Yeah, It's way too much.
0: Um, I, I think the $30 million number that got thrown out is kind of where I would draw the line. Like either it's got to be five by six or six by five. One of those two, either you're sacrificing term to get the AAV down or it's the flip flop. I, I think that's where I could probably see the Oilers drawing a the line there is like, you know, that's kind of what you're worth. And they do kind of have to pay him as a left winger as well, right? Like you can't. He's clearly they don't not. don't think he's a center. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a center. He's not a center, but that is one aspect of his game that helps. Like
2: if, if McDavid or Drys had a word to get emergency. hurt. Yeah. Right.
0: He, he's a good backup plan there. And that way you're not like playing Ryan McLeod in your top six for 20 games. Cause someone tweaked their groin or whatever. Right. Uh, but, what do you,
2: I, but I, I, so I think like, here's the thing is like, I think that's a, a neighborhood that the Oilers would be comfortable paying in, whether it's six times five or five times six. Yeah. I think the, one of the last offers that was made before the deadline was like, I, I and you can't quote me on this cause Hello. I'm not hundred percent sure that it's accurate, yeah. but I think it was five times somewhere between five and a quarter and five, five. And that was a pretty easy no from the Nuge camp. But what, like what gets it done? Like I like the Oilers might be offering five times six or six times five, but what's he saying yes to? That's like, that's the real question is like, this isn't a one-sided negotiation.
4: Well, we're also going to find out too, if he's just, cause there's teams that can pay him more, right? Obviously there are teams that probably would offer him more. We're going to find out about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If he actually wants to be where he is, yeah. which is what he said in the media, or if he wants to chase the bag.
0: Yeah. If he wants to win or if he wants to go wherever Chalmers, I get it. You're pretending to take a nap while we actually talk hockey. I'm not going to stand for that shit right now. The last hockey question I have for you, Frank, though, what do you think the free agent market's going to be like this off season? Cause last year, flat cap, a lot of free agents got squeezed pretty hard. Hoffman, one year deal hall, one year deal. Barry took the one year deal to bet on himself, maybe a little bit different, but like, will there be big paydays for a lot of guys? Or will there be another squeeze this summer?
2: Yeah, I think there will be. I mean, this, this free agent class is pretty damn deep. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the best that, you know, I think has been assembled in a long time. And I think part of that is because of the flat cap. Um, and I think, you know, just in general, the player movement that's going to take place this summer between the 20 guys that were on our trade list between, you know, I mean, just look at some of the the names of the free agents that are available. It's not just, um, You know, it's not just Nuge, it's not just Dougie Hamilton or Taylor Hall. You know, when you look at a guy like Alec Martinez, for instance, I said this on the rundown, and you know, people were tweeting me saying I was crazy. That guy's going to get six million dollars a year, whether it's three or four years. Like, there's going to be players that are getting paid. The top players are always going to get taken care of. And by the way we didn't talk about it and I haven't mentioned it elsewhere, but the goalie market is like so fascinating this summer. And I know it's still going to be a focus because of Mike Smith and, you know, obviously the Oilers are going to try and bring him back, but like the goaltending is going to be such a big part of whatever they do.
0: Is Grubauer like a lock to go back to Colorado? Like, is there any way that guy hits the open market?
2: I think there's a chance. I mean, look, I think the abs have purposely held off to this point because of the expansion draft, but moving forward, like what, I mean, I don't think there's anything, you know, they've got so many other guys to pay. There's not a foregone conclusion that Grubauer's back, even though I think they really like him and they'd like to find a way.
4: You just mentioned, my last question for you, Frank, is you just mentioned the expansion draft. Obviously, it's coming up in a little bit. One thing we've written about at OilersNation.com and a bunch of DailyFaceoff.com is, do you think the GMs are going to approach this with different tactics than what they did against Vegas, maybe more trading amongst themselves, rather than with the Kraken or how do you kind of, what's your, what's your take on how that plays out this year?
2: hundred um, percent. They learned a lot of painful lessons. Um, Dale Talon, like what, like what Marcia. So and Riley Smith, like you've handed them two thirds of a, one of the top lines in the league. I think teams have learned that. You know, I was just talking to a team yesterday that was going through their expansion draft exercise again. They do it like every three days. And they're like, just let them take a player off of our roster. That's it. We lose one guy and it's over. Because they were saying, Well, should we trade this guy here? Should we trade this guy here? You know, all guys that might get picked. And then they're like, Well, then we're losing three players instead of just one. Or we're losing two players instead of just one. And so I think that's what uh that's the focus. And I think, you know, teams have smartened up in a big way and i'd expect to see more deals between teams rather than being scared into just dealing with the kraken specifically which i think was one of the other shortfalls from teams but brilliance by george mcphee uh in putting together the golden knights was just pushing everyone to deal with him directly rather than with themselves
0: chalmers you got anything else or any hockey questions you want to know where dougie hamilton's going or something you good
1: No, you know what? Truth be told, I want to tell you (laughs) what just happened. I turned my video around because I wanted to show you guys something and I wanted to let you witness what I've been watching for the last 45 minutes. And then you turned my video off. Okay, because from my
0: perspective, because you don't tell me what's going on, it just looked like you turned around your camera and started driving (laughs) your truck. So I was like, oh, we don't need to see this.
1: I'm just like dumbfounded. It's been hard to concentrate for 45 minutes because since Frank joined the call, I've been watching a guy in an SUV trying to back up what looks like a 24 foot uh, travel trailer into his side yard. Was it and... Ryan Rashok? <laughs> no. Is he awful at backing up a trailer?
2: No, I don't know, but I know he has a trailer, so I, I'd like there's, to see him there's, drive there's it. two
1: types of men in this world. There's ones that can back up a trailer and there's ones that can't. I don't know where you guys all lie, but this person, this, this, this person here, I can't even imagine the frustration he's going to, because his wife and him are both, they're outside of the car yelling at each other now. <laughs> he's, he's told her a couple of times just by his arms, to, you get in the driver's seat then, you do it. And it is just pure comedy. So, sorry. <laughs> so no, I think we're good, Frank. You know, I think, uh, I think you really you really scratched my hockey itch there. So we're, uh, we're good to go. Who do you think is going to win tonight? That's what I was going to try to ask you that, but do you think Montreal ends it tonight or no?
2: I don't. Um, I think Robin Leonard comes games. in again. Two. And, yeah, two game sevens to go to the cup final. And, and the then they seven. they have
0: to go back to Leonard in seven then, right?
2: I would think so. Yeah. Um, at that point, if Leonard wins again, I think you have to stick with him.
0: So we're all on Vegas plus 125 to win tonight in regulation?
1: Huh? <laughs> that is why I
2: ask. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't bet <laughs> against Montreal, man. I can't. How about Gregor, though? He got in on the plus 450 series price.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Gregor's never made a sports bet before, and his first one is going to hit like a charm.
2: Yeah, but he's such a weenie though, because I think he put like twenty-five or fifty bones on it. Like you're either in or you're not.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that doesn't he move doesn't the need needle.
1: Money. I bet that's that's a quarter of my bet per game almost. Like, Jeez. He's that on Charles, money
0: bags there. Construction yeah, business, pain, we dude. all
1: we all wish we that's could be you.
4: Leave some for the why rest I of
1: have us. Pop. Left. You don't want to be any. You don't want to be me. I don't have any money left in my account. So, who's laughing now?
0: All right. We've I'm gone like, one. we've gone like over an hour or about an hour here. So uh, Frank, we'll let you go. Thanks for uh, giving us some time. Thanks, I Frank. Think, yeah. I think we'll just wrap up the pod here. The, the message we want to send exciting things happening at the nation network and daily face off. And Frank, we're excited to have you on board.
2: Daily face off our slogan. Things are happening.
0: There you go. Uh, this, is, this has been Perfect. episode 293 of the real life podcast for our friends at HGA group, Twig and berries and manscape.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday
1: great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from